0: Hey, border fuel listeners before we start the show i wanted to tell you why we chose to host border fuel podcast on anchor if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free two there's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer three anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcast and many more Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Lastly, download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thanks for listening to the Border Fuel Podcast. Now, let's start the show.
1: What is going on, everybody? You are back on Ballin' Over Beers. I am Justin Dubengeiser. I am joined, as always, by my guys James Fitch and A.K. Howe. Fellas, what is going on? We're coming in hot fire off of this weekend, um, and we'll get into that in a second. But A.K., how you doing?
2: I'm doing good. Um, this week will be better than last week for me.
1: That's always good. And James, what's up with you, brother?
0: <laughs> Not too much, man. Coming off a, a good betting week, so I'm excited to dig into uh, this next week.
1: Hell yeah, dude! So I actually had a pretty decent week myself. My four pack was four and zero. I hit a first round leader bet in golf, which was which was a sixty six to one ticket. And if you're looking for the golf picks, look look for me on Twitter. I put out all of my picks on that. So um, and I had Rom with a Chiefs parlay, and he ended up losing. But man, we were right there, sweating the the whole way. So that was awesome. But uh, the first thing I want to bring up to you guys, I don't know if you saw this, but last night on um, the Monday night game, DraftKings showdown. The, the guy that was winning the million dollars, who was in first place, like 20 minutes later, ended up losing $997,000 because of a stat correction. A Jared golf play um, that they said was a sack by the Bears defense, they ended up saying was not a sack. So that took points away from him and dropped him all the way from a million dollars down to like six plays, which does not pay Obviously, a million dollars. um I don't know if I was you what I would do in that case. I probably wouldn't be recording right now. I'd probably be sitting in a hole somewhere crying.
0: Oh definitely. I'm surprised they correct stats that quickly. don't they usually wait until like Wednesday or Thursday
1: yeah the the Draftkings ones they come out relatively pretty pretty soon because that dude he he knew like I think it was literally like twenty minutes later. And then, like the play, it like hit Twitter, and it went, it went going crazy. And they showed the clip of it, and and everything of the sack that wasn't the sack, and they said it was because it was a designed run. They didn't count it as a sack, which was just, it was bad. It was bad. I feel for the guy. Mm. Very sad.
2: That's (laughs) awesome. Yeah. Do you remember the last golf tournament before the whole COVID thing? There was two players that didn't finish their 18th. of that Thursday round, and if they would have finished, obviously DraftKings would have paid out. So that one guy lost out on his million dollars because two guys didn't finish their Thursday round.
1: Yeah, I remember that too. That's that's dude. That is like that's the, the I don't know. I can't even fathom that. That's a million dollars that you thought you had won. Like that guy that was probably in first last night was probably like celebrating, like thinking, "Hey, I won this!" Like. I guess that just goes to show. Just look at the box score. Don't even look at your standings and your points because, if it gets changed, you're gonna be really disappointed. But
2: yeah. it doesn't count until they deposit that money to your uh, DraftKings account. That's yeah. why it takes sometimes half hour, forty minutes for you to get that money.
1: That's that's for sure. That's for sure. So um, this past week, though, we, we had much better weeks than that. We didn't have any unfortunate um, things happen to us, luckily. But like we said, me and James are coming in. We're, we were 4-0 and each of us, 8-0 and total for the four packs on that. And AK, the, the best thing that you predicted was you saying that you were going to get your Cowboys pick wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah I was uh way off on that and uh well technically technically
1: you were right good. you were right you said you were going to get the pick He's wrong, right, every... being wrong. <laughs>
2: right exactly
1: so I don't know I don't know if we count that as a win or a loss because you, you said you were going to lose the bet. so I guess I don't know maybe that's a push for you
0: you almost talked me into that you almost talked me into that Cowboys alternative line so I'm glad I like chickened out I think I wrote it down as uh, a bet to, to play and I just I couldn't get myself around to doing it
2: yeah, yeah but, it was. Uh, they just are terrible, and they should never play football again.
0: Man, they're, they're getting seven and a half points this week. That's a good. That's a good number. Dude, from all, yeah, I uh, wouldn't do it for seventeen and a half.
1: All the reports, though, all the reports are like they're like, dad, man. We talked about a little bit of previously how like everyone's down on Mike McCarthy and like, but and like a lot of the guys, like the football guys, Pat McAfee show, all those shows. Like they're talking and all the, like Dan Orlovsky was on ESPN saying, and all these other guys that have tweeted out that like, if you let that to happen to your quarterback, what happened to Andy Dalton, which was a total cheap shot, total dirty hit, um, John Bostic put on him. But if you let that happen and you don't like throw hands, like, dude, your, your locker room's dead. You have, you have nothing. Like that team is, that team's done, man. Yeah. And
2: Dan Orlovsky today, I was texting you about it, Justin. Um, he was saying he was wondering if that's why Gaff didn't sign a long-term deal because he just knows how bad the locker room is and doesn't want to be with that awful
0: organization.
1: It could be. I don't know. That's a super interesting yeah. thought.
0: That would have been before McCarthy was the coach, too, right? Like when all that stuff started.
1: Right. So I wonder about
0: yeah, locker room, locker room, well, oh. right, all well, right, but I think this. Everything with McCarthy, yeah. too, all the stuff that's coming out, I think amplifies that.
1: Exactly, and I think that just makes it worse. And, like, from everything, man, the reports do not sound good. And they've already, so they traded Everson Griffin to the Lions for, like, basically nothing tonight, too. So I wonder, I don't know, if they're going to have a fire sale, if, if trades are going to start coming. I mean, I've heard everything from Zach Martin to Jalen Smith to to everybody's available. So I don't know, if there's teams, like, you know, some of these contenders, especially in the AFC, you know, if Cowboys don't want to trade to the NFC, the Chiefs, the Bills, you know, teams looking for some for some help, I wonder if they're gonna be able to poach some of these guys. Yeah. But
0: they don't even have the uh the Dallas win total up on DraftKings right now. They won't even they won't even put it up. I'm pretty sure I looked at it last week and it was five and a half and I should have smashed the under.
1: Yeah, they're probably like, Oh crap, this team is way worse than we thought they were. And there could be, I literally think that they could be starting the tank. Like, you don't just sign, like, a dude like Everson Griffin and then all of a sudden trade him away, like, for nothing, basically, a few weeks later. That's super weird. Super weird. But the other thing, on top of us getting hot fire, we weren't the only ones, Um, Russ Wilson and Tyler Lockett, I'm sure that the people that had them on their teams like me and the people that had to play them against them are feeling very certain ways today because for me personally they absolutely blew off but I think I scored like 218 points in, in my one league that we're all in together and I, I just they they almost single-handedly could have won me the week. James, have you ever seen like I can I was trying to think like of a recent performance like fantasy-wise. Have you seen anything recently like that, that was that big?
0: I don't think so <laughs> probably not since like Brady and Moss yeah. uh, I was trying to think of like when Manning uh, blew up with Denver a few years ago I don't know that there were any weeks like that with any of his receivers um, who was the tight end there that oh, yeah. did really well with Manning I've drawn a blank yeah, Julius went Thomas. To Julius Thomas yeah Julius yes. Thomas I know he had a couple of, of big games with Manning, but I don't think anything like this. Nothing really comes to mind.
1: Yeah, no, I can't believe that. And I I mean, I'm, I'm sure, sure the I'm sure. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I was just say I'm saying sure that. all of our listeners out there are, are probably screaming or going to be screaming at us with, with answers to that question. But I, there's nothing I can think of.
1: Yeah, exactly. I can't think of anything because that was the first thing that came if to you mind. Just go was back a couple hours. What was that, AK? What
0: were we saying, AK?
2: I was gonna say if you go back a couple hours, just uh, Devontae Adams, uh, Aaron Rodgers connection. I mean, it wasn't near; it was close to it. 180 yards and two touchdowns for Adams.
1: Yeah, he blew up too. He blew up too, and that's he's somebody. We'll get to him when we talk about the DraftKings portion of the show. But he is he is priced like he is the best receiver playing like the best receiver at least getting the, the volume like he's the best receiver in the league right now um if we look at uh a couple of the favorites and we kind of talked about this the Chiefs and the Bucks, they come away with uh, another big win you know obviously the Chiefs played the Broncos who weren't very good so they blew them out and the Bucks played the Raiders and they blew them out but man does it look like they're on a absolute collision course at this point for potentially the Super Bowl and they they actually play here and in like six I think weeks or so. So we're gonna we could we could potentially see a matchup, um, you know, a preview of the Super Bowl. AK, I know we talked about this last week, but and you've said it before, but is there, the Bucs have gotta be the best team in the NFC right now,
2: right? Um, I still am big bigger on the Packers overall. I think the Packers just had a bad game against the Bucks, but I think it's a two-horse race over there, and it might come down to a home field advantage between those two teams.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm wondering too. Because if if they're if it's two-horse race and the Bucks already beat them, I mean that gives them the lean obviously for the home field advantage. And I mean I don't know how it'll change things now, but generally speaking, you need to have a first-round bye in the home field advantage to be able to get to the Super Bowl because um, that's just how it's worked over the past few years. Now with seven teams and only one team getting a bye I think obviously things could change but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out James in the AFC do you see anybody really that's on par with the Chiefs because obviously the Steelers are still undefeated and they just had a big win against the Titans so either I mean either of those teams could potentially challenge them and then you still have the Ravens sitting there but do you see anybody that's on the level with the Chiefs right now or are they kind of on a level of their own
0: I think um I think they're still number one for me. I think Pittsburgh is gonna be close. Um, Pittsburgh has a super if they can get past um, Baltimore this week, Pittsburgh if you look at their schedules, really, I think they have like one of the three easiest schedules. um, so I, I think that will play to their advantage. Obviously, they have a tough matchup this week and they'll have to play Baltimore another time. um but I, I do think Pitts or Pittsburgh can make a run for that one seed. I mean, they're they're a complete team, right, on, on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I think last week they, they got exposed a little bit late in the game and they kind of – the offense fell asleep. I, I don't think their offense scares me as much as uh, I thought they would. Big Ben has really good moments. And then, as we saw in the second half, he looks kind of uh, – I, I don't know um, – exactly what it is, but he kind of falls apart or he at least fell apart in that game. So I think the chiefs uh, are are slightly ahead of them, but I I know AK you're pretty, you're pretty high on the Steelers, right? Yeah. I love the
2: Steelers this year. I just think that all around they're the best team overall in the AFC. I think the chiefs are going to be able to put up a lot of points on anyone, but I think the Steelers defense is better and the Steelers speed on defense I think will help them a lot if they end up playing the Chiefs in the AFC championship game
1: yeah I can see that I think the one big issue that the Steelers have right now is that they're pretty vulnerable to uh, excuse me to deep passes Um, they're one of the one of the worst teams in the league defending the deep pass and I guess if if you're matched up with Kansas City with all that speed and Patrick Mahomes man that's the thing that you've got to be the most afraid about unless they just kind of go the route that a lot of teams are starting to go against Kansas city. And that's just put two safeties out there, play really soft and and they think, you know, the Steelers could think we have a good enough front where we can slow down the run and don't have to worry about it as much as like some other teams that have tried that. So that would, I'm, I'm interested to see. I obviously there's, there's good teams in the AFC. Um, and we'll get to one of the matchups that's actually happened this weekend here in a minute, but Uh, there's going to be some, these playoffs could be super interesting, especially in the AFC, I think, but let's talk about uh, all these teams that we're just kind of talking about and how good some of these teams are against the spread. So right now, um, the two best teams against the spread are the two, AK's two favorite teams actually in the NFL, and that's Green Bay and Pittsburgh. They're five and one. Um, against the spread, the Bengals are actually five one and one, which is super interesting because they have a line this week that I was super interested in. Um, the Chargers are five and two. Arizona and Kansas City four and two, and uh, who else is there? Miami, Denver, Chicago, Seattle is four and two. So yeah.
0: Kansas City and Arizona are five and two, and then Miami, Denver, Chicago, and Seattle that's are it. four and two against the spread. Yeah. So we keep we keep talking about how we we were nervous about uh, our our Arizona Cardinals, running well against the spread.
1: Dude, that's that's right. Our Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> this is a pro. That's right. This is a pro Cardinals podcast, baby. They uh, they had a quite the thriller against the Seahawks um, this week, and they. Yeah. They, I know that you were, you had a little parlay there that that kind of killed you. But that was a, that was a wild game, wasn't it, man? I, I Murray, he's, he's so oh, man, he's so weird. He like he's inaccurate at points, but then he's like, he's so dynamic as an athlete.
0: I hadn't been paying close attention to um, the running back situation in that game. Obviously, Carson got hurt. Uh, I think. Um, Carlos Hyde came in and he got hurt. Uh, Travis Homer got hurt, and they had I think it was DJ Dallas uh, in the game late who basically missed a block that got uh, Wilson crushed. And I don't know I can't remember if that was the play that led to the interception, but he missed a huge block in that game uh, that ended up being pretty pretty crucial to them losing the game.
2: Yeah, they were. Yeah, like, I don't know sure. how he missed that block because
0: was that the pick?
2: No, that was the play right before the pick because. Um, Wilson took a sack on that.
0: Yeah, he got. I think he got messed up on that play.
2: It was literally um, Dallas ran right in front of the defender, a foot away from him, just just whiffed on the block. But just like his last name and the team, they're both trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Um, Blow blows. Exactly. Whenever you can, get, he 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 called them out last week, and they didn't come through for him. So I guess he deserves to do that. But. um the other thing that's kind yes. of the other thing that's crazy this year, and I think this I think they showed this stat during during that Seahawks um, Arizona game was the amount of points being scored this year, where it's like the over under is like averaging like f- almost 51 points a game this year, and it's something that we've kind of touched on here, but it's funny that you could when you actually like see it on paper. But like we we've been really bullish kind of on these overs and just looking to try to take advantage of them everywhere we can and I actually I actually had one of them in my uh, four pack last week that hit and I'm thinking that I'm gonna have potentially a another one this week but um, I don't know there's one I'm staring at and we'll get there in a second just Justin overs dude got you gotta love the overs right I, I don't know some of these lines are, are just crazy they just I don't think that they're just putting enough points for what these teams are scoring i don't know if they just haven't adjusted yet to like what the the nfl is doing or like the chiefs total this this week is just i guess granted they're playing the jets so maybe it's going to be so one-sided but like the chiefs over under right now is only 48, 48 and a half like the chiefs scored 43 last week alone by themselves like you tell me this team couldn't drop a 50 burger on the jets like they definitely could
0: does Reed have that killer instinct though? Like John Harbaugh is like one of those coaches that will just run up the score. I feel like he'll just keep pushing it and pushing it. I don't know that Andy Reid has that mentality. I mean, you can probably comment on that, the best of, of any of us. So do you, do you think he does?
1: Pro- probably not, because
0: he, or do you think he's just looking to get out of there with a the win?
1: Yeah, he's probably doesn't because last even this game against the Denver's there was like. 6 minutes to go in the game and they put Chad Henny in and all the backup wide receivers and stuff so it wasn't look like and they still scored. I mean Henney ran Henny actually ran one in. So I guess they weren't That's, looking to really yeah. like I mean it's ridiculous but I'm
0: I'm on I'm on the Chiefs side this week. I, I I like them covering the spread. The total is super appealing because it's so low, but I I do worry to your point about can the Jets score enough points to get there and you know if if the Chiefs are up 20, 28, 30 points, like, are are they going to just, are they going to keep scoring, right, are they going to keep pushing it?
1: That is, that, is the, that is definitely the question of whether or not that they are going to be able to do that, because, like I said, they already, last week they put in Henny to kind of mop up time, and that was six minutes left in the game, they thought they had that game in such control, so... I don't know. I it's definitely something I'm staring at hard though. Is that over under? Because I definitely think the Chiefs have the firepower to put up enough points to do it themselves. But um, speaking about firepower, the, the the Tampa Bay Bucks we've been talking about here made it official, and they signed Antonio Brown. And I'm gonna start with you, AK. What do you think th- this does to their offense? And do you think that he has any real fantasy value? Now, maybe a little bit more. Today, after finding out that Chris Godwin is at least going to miss one game with a fractured finger and surgery, but do you think going forward he's worth being on the roster, and is he going to actually play?
2: It depends how deep your league is. If you have a seven-person bench, let's say, I'd say he's worth rostering because you just never know. His rapport with Brady has to be high enough where Brady vouched for him to come in to the organization. So they have some kind of connection there. And I would say even a 70% Antonio Brown is still better than all the receivers besides Godwin and Evans. And so far this year, Brady and Evans really haven't looked like they had a good connection together. So it's pretty interesting to see what they're going to do with Antonio Brown going forward.
1: Yeah. That's my thing too, is that, And Mike Davis really hasn't been the threat that he normally is, and obviously Jameis Winston and Brady are just so different inherently, where Jameis will just throw it up and let's see if he can make a play, and Brady is going to try to be efficient and works underneath a lot more, and they're just just very different in how they go about it, so... I don't know, James, do you see A.B. making a real impact in Tampa Bay? Like A.K. said, the biggest thing that I kind of think about, though, is Brady has really pushed for Antonio Brown to be on his time since he was with the Patriots. And when the one game that Brown was with him, Brady forced him the ball.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest no-dull what-if is if he can keep his head straight, right? Uh, If he can. Uh, I think he – I talked about this last week with Bell – Uh, In that, I think it's going to take some time about with the Chiefs. I think it's going to take some time to learn like the playbook and just get familiar with the system. I do think AB is a player that you could see Brady lean on down the stretch as you get closer to the end of the season and into the playoffs. I think he can be the guy that he's going to build that rapport, like you said, and be a a go-to guy, if you will. I think Evans has been hurt this year uh, obviously we we know of some injuries there but I, I just don't think he looks like he's 100% I, I don't know if something's going on there outside of that but he just doesn't seem like himself and then you got guys like Scotty Miller um, who's the guy from Minnesota there that you, you like uh, is it Tyler Johnson I forget yeah his name.
1: yep Tyler Johnson um,
0: you, you know you, you're starting to see him kind of get more targets you're seeing Gronk get more targets they've got they have got Cameron Bright. You've seen Leonard Fournette last week start to get more involved in the passing game. They just have so many targets and so many weapons there. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. But if you've got Antonio Brown, you know you're gonna you're gonna go to him. I, I think so. I, I think you can see him being a little bit more reliable, a player down the stretch, closer to the end of the season.
1: Yeah, it might be something where you you pick him up and you don't really play him right away, but then when you get to the playoff time in your in your league or something. He starts to be a factor, like you're talking about, once he gets acclimated and really brought into the system. So it'll be definitely something worth monitoring on. Maybe picking him up and put him on your bench and kind of see what happens towards the end of the year. Um, You know, and obviously we got the trade deadline coming up too. So I, I think there's a lot of rumors. I never, I never feel like the trade deadline lives up to its hype. It's there's more just there's more rumors and more oh man, these teams two teams were talking but they just couldn't get the deal done than than actually deals getting done. Um, obviously like one of the two of the bigger names I guess if you're talking fantasy wise that are that people were talking and throwing out there about getting traded were Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. And I'll go right back to you, James. There's no way like guys like that get traded right just their contracts are too big they would have teams would have to pay too much for them do you really see any trades happening that would make like a a big impact in fantasy or anything like that
0: i don't know those two names are are the names that i keep hearing i I don't see it happening like you said based on the contract size and and who they are are there ever really any trades at the trade deadline that are like you know, very impactful for fantasy football. I know Brandon Bean in, in Buffalo, they tend to make like, he, he's always known to be very, a couple of years ago, they got, uh, uh, I can't even remember his name. That's how impactful it was. A wide receiver there that should have been a tight end, Calvin Benjamin. Oh he's yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they brought him in and, and uh, they, he's, he's known to make some trades. Uh, they could certainly use help on the defensive side of the ball, but that doesn't really impact fantasy that, that much. Um, so outside of that, I, I don't. There's nothing I can really think of. Any, anything you can think of, AK?
2: The hard part for me about it is teams that want to be trading away their players. Let's just say the Falcons with Matt Ryan and Julio, and then I know Quinton Williams really isn't an impact player for fantasy. But with the Jets, those GMs are not going to be with the team next year. So it's a weird position for them to be trading away assets for future picks and vice versa but uh, um the one thing that I found interesting today was on Tuesdays with Aaron on Pat McAfee show Aaron Rodgers went out of his way to talk about Julio Jones now I could see the Packers making a push for a number two receiver because really besides Devonte Adams they have no other reliable targets I guess you could say Tanyan but other than that Rodgers has nobody that he can count on, so I could see the Packers making a move for someone like Julio. But I don't even know where Matt Ryan would get traded to that would make sense.
1: That's my thing, and I just I go back to the contracts. The Falcons would be eating so much dead money if they traded either two of those players that I just I don't see it happening. I could see the Packers though, like you said, uh, potentially try to trade for a two number a number two receiver um, to to upgrade at that position because really. I mean, right now, it is like Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, who was hurt, so Jamal Williams actually stepped in and did a nice job. But it, unless it's like Aaron Jones or Devontae Adams for the Packers, it's pretty much no one. You know, Bob Tanya in there, he had a few few nice games, but he's not like somebody that's being consistent week in and week out. So that'll be super interesting to see. But um, let's move on to the next one. Somebody question.
0: like uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, no, sorry, go. real quick. I was just saying, yeah, somebody like Matt Ryan. I think you're going to end up seeing be like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? He's going to be he's not going to finish his career with Atlanta, but I, I don't think he's going to be done playing football. So I think you're going to see him uh, play on a, uh, another team or two, where he kind of comes in and just serves as like that veteran leadership guy that that you know plays for the year and then gets replaced by the rookie the next year or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, like Joe Flacco's done the last couple. Yeah,
1: Joey. Joey Flacco's elite. Don't forget that. <laughs> He's not, by the way. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> um Yeah, so let's, uh, you know what is elite? The, our four packs were elite this week. So why don't we jump right into those. And since, James, you went 4-0, we're going to let you start.
0: 4-0. Big week. Uh, easy wins with the, the Chiefs and the Rams didn't really have to sweat those games. Those were the games that I kind of was hoping for and thought would be blowouts, so those were easy wins. Panthers plus 7.5 seemed too easy at the time. Um, The game was was very close. They had a chance to winning that game, too, uh, so that was a good win, and then Cardinals plus 3.5. I tried kind of playing both sides and took the Seattle money line, too, so one of those those bets hit, obviously, Um, but that was just a really good game, and I thought uh, they'd be able to keep it close, let alone uh, win the game. So uh, that was that was my fourth win.
1: Very nice. And AK, why don't you give us uh, your recap?
2: Yeah, I went 1-3 and three or 1-2-1, and one, depending on if you bet the grounds early or late in the week. But uh, they missed extra point, which really chapped my ass. The Cowboys, never betting them again. Uh, Buffalo just come out and looked awful. I don't know what else to say. I mean, they looked awful all game, settling for, I think, eight field goals, only made six of them. But I thought for sure they would come out and actually perform, but something's going on with that team. I'm not really sure. James might have a little more insight in that. And then I hit on the 49ers pretty easily there. Yep, very yeah, nice. The stink. they <laughs> they've
1: They've, uh, they've, football, they've struggled here. Right here. They've struggled right now. But, yeah, um, my four-pack also went 4-0, and oh, which brought me to 14-6 and six overall on the year for the four-packs. Um, I had the Bucks over the Raiders. That was one of my favorite games of the week. I thought the Bucks were going to smack them, and they did. I also had the Chiefs over the Broncos with an easy win, the Packers over the Texans, and the 49ers over the Patriots. I'm still kind of shocked that that 49ers line – um they were the dogs but they were and uh worked out in our favor so I'll take it so moving on to this week we're going to start with some of the bigger games of the week and I actually think that there are are quite a few good ones um, on the slate. And the first big one is right in the AFC, and that is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. That game opened at five and a half points and is already down to three and a half points in the Ravens favorite. The over-under is 46 and a half points, which I think that actually seems kind of low as well. Um, these are two of the best teams in football right now, let alone the AFC. And, James, do you have a lean either way on this game right now?
0: Oh, man. Uh, I just looked at DraftKings, so it's back up to four right now. Um, I, this one's tough. My, my gut, my first, first instinct was the Pittsburgh side. Um, it was really appealing at five and a half. Obviously, that's been bet down. I was kind of playing, this is one of those games where I think I said I was going to play like a number, right? So if it's above like three and a half... It's above three, three and a half. Pittsburgh seems appealing, but if it gets down to lower than three, which I'm not sure it will at this point, the Ravens side seems pretty good. It just seems like a game that's going to be decided by a field goal.
1: Yeah, I think that even in history, you think about all the Ravens-Steelers games that have happened lately, they all feel like they're all so close. Um, I really, I want to lean, I'm leaning towards the Ravens, in this game, um, I think, but I just I don't I don't like that number. I don't like the number right now. I think that if I had to lean away in this and in this game, it would be the over the forty six and a half points. I think that both offenses are good enough, even with such good defense, that they they can uh, create some plays. I mean, you just look at that Steelers Titans game this past week. That was that was a pretty high scoring game. Um, on both ends of it, so. I think this, this game could definitely go over, but AK, is this a game that you like or not?
2: Well, as soon as the line came out, I got excited, and I bet the Steelers yesterday. I got him at plus five. I also bet him on the money line. Um, I think the Steelers roll them, to be honest with you. The Steelers' biggest weakness this year has been on third and long defenses. For some reason, they stopped blitzing and play zone. And they've been getting torched on that. And that is Lamar Jackson's biggest weakness is being able to complete passes. So I think the Steelers biggest weakness won't be exploited this week. Um so I'm leaning heavy towards the Steelers.
1: Hm, that's that's interesting. The uh I don't know. That's I, I think like I said, I think that's the Ravens and that might be one where if I if I feel up to it and I get ballsy enough, I might be texting you to see if you want some extra action on it when we get closer to the game but i might be too much of a coward so we'll see (laughs) Um, if you
2: let me keep the plus five i'll take it all day
1: well yeah i'm sure you would that's just i don't like that number that's the issue (laughs) that's the issue but um there's also a big matchup in the nfc and that is the san francisco 49ers and the seattle seahawks so the Niners just uh, coming off a nice win and, and the Seahawks coming off of a disappointing loss, but the Seahawks are still, they're three and a half point favorites and that over under is 54 points. Um, AK, do you got a side in this one?
2: I think we should just start having the NFC West game of the week because every week these four teams, there's always it seems like there's a great
0: matchup. It should just always be the Sunday night game, to be honest.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, and, like,
0: NFC West Sunday night game of the week.
1: Absolutely, yes. if they're playing each other, just do it. <laughs> um,
0: but right,
2: I liked over under. I liked over in this of anything. I this three and a half is scary. The 49ers, for some reason, I like them. They're banged up at running back, but they have. 100 running backs, it seems. I like Jimmy G, but I like the Seahawks, so that's going to be a game I probably would just bet over and just want an exciting high-scoring game.
1: Yeah, that seems pretty fair. James, do you have a lean either way on this?
0: Yeah, I. it's down to three already. Um, I liked. I like the 49ers at three and a half. Uh, threes, you know, it's it's still nice to get the points. 49ers looked good last week, and... Um, they look good the last couple of weeks, I should say. Um, I'm, I'm leaning that side and I, I've got them in my, my four packs. So well, I'll, I'll probably stay firm there. I, I just think Seattle, Seattle has been getting exposed each week, especially defensively. They always play really close tight games. Um, so I'll, I'll take a, a divisional opponent. there, getting points.
1: I'm right there with you. I have them in my four pack as well. I like the 49ers. I think Seattle's defense is just not good. Um, they Kyle Shanahan. Showed, the running
0: back situation on the Seattle side is a little messy too. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to no, catch up there.
1: No, no, exactly. And that's the thing; they're banged up there. Um, Kyle Shanahan is one of the best play callers in all of the NFL, and he is going to be able to score points on the Seahawks team. And obviously, Ross has been played, you know, been playing incredible, you know, but he did throw three interceptions, which were costly um, to them. Obviously, he's having to pretty much do everything to just even keep them in games at this point, but I think the 49ers beat them um, in, in a close game, but I think the 49ers do beat them. So that's the sign I would certainly lean, and I actually I like the over in this one too because, like we said, I don't think the Seahawks' defense can stop anybody, and I think um, a result of that will be Russ having to throw all over the yard and, you know, the same thing, the Niners' secondary hasn't been great all year either, like, to be honest, so... Um, could be definitely a high-scoring affair, but I like I like the Niners in that one. Um, next matchup is is in the AFC again, and this is a super interesting one. So, this is the Patriots and the Bills. the The Bills are three and a half point favorites. The over/under is only forty four points, and this is a game that in the past you know decade or so you would just it's you know the Patriots. They've had just an absolute stranglehold on this division. And now the Bills are in first at five and two. Um, the Patriots are coming off of a, an embarrassing loss. They seem to be really be struggling. Cam Newton, you know, hasn't looked great. Um, James, these are your bells. Talk to me about them. You, you you liking them in this game or what?
0: I won't bet them. Uh, I need a break from them, uh, from a, from a gambling perspective, but. I think they should win this game. I, I think it'll be a close one. Uh, I could see it being like a three to seven point game. I know the Patriots haven't looked great the last couple of weeks, but it's a divisional game. They're going to get out for this. Um, I don't really have a, a good read. I, I would say I'm a, a lean maybe towards the, the bill side. I, I do think they're the better team overall, but I, I do think the Patriots are going to come uh, and, and bring it in this one. So, uh, I don't. I wouldn't feel like confident laying the points with with the Bills at this point.
2: AK, you? If you were forcing me to bet, I would bet the Patriots with the points. I'm with James. I don't really like either side. Both teams have not looked good the last couple weeks. Uh, the Patriots' offense looks abysmal, but the Bills' defense looks bad. Josh Allen really hasn't been putting up points. It's it's tough either way. I think one of the teams is going to show up, and the other team is going to get destroyed. So I just don't know which way it's going to go yet.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, I will tell you right now this game is in my four-pack. Um, I like the Patriots side of it. And the reason that I like the Patriots side of it is because just the way that the teams match up. um, I think that Bill Belichick does a better job than any coach in history of taking away offense's biggest strengths. He's going to find a way to confuse Josh Allen and slow down that offense um you know teams have already started to kind of slow them down and force them into checkdown situations and be patient on offense and be efficient on offense and put drives together um the 40 or the patriots secondary is obviously very good they they match up pretty decently and pretty well with the bills receivers who have obviously um are very good. Cole Beasley obviously in the slot did a great job against the Jets and then obviously Diggs is one of the more talented route runners in all of the NFL, but they match up well with him there. And then on the other side of the ball another good matchup for the Patriots because what do the Patriots want to do? They want to run the football. Um, if you let them run the football 45 times, they're going to do that. And I think that against Buffalo, they're going to be able to do just that. Uh, the interior of that defensive line and those linebackers have not played the run very well this season whatsoever. Um, and I think it's just in a game of ma- you know, matchups, they just they just don't match the bills just don't match up very well with the patriots at this time so they will be in my four pack for this week um, and on that note i will go right into my four pack since two of, of my picks are already there the one what we just talked about was the patriots the one before that was the 49ers over the seahawks the next two ones that i have in there is the colts minus 3 over detroit This game, I just—it's very odd to me that the Colts are only getting three points against this Detroit Lions team, that is just not good. So I just—I don't know. I just the the point difference didn't seem um, big enough to me. Now obviously the Colts aren't like blowing people out, but in the same sense the 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 Lions just struggled with the Falcons and had to beat them by Todd Gurley not. by Tiger League falling accidentally into the end zone when the Lions let them score. So I'll take the Colts uh, minus three in that one. And then the other part of my four-pack is Dallas and Philly. But I am going to bet the over-under in that one. And that is uh, 43.5 points. So the my thinking with this is basically just even with a rookie quarterback and Cowboys potentially playing... Um, the The eagles offense is actually not terrible and everybody this year has pretty much shredded the cowboys defense so they should be able to score some points um i don't think that the eagles defense is very good so the cowboys might be able to at least luck box their way luck box their way into a few touchdowns and against you know a team where there's a, you know a lot of injuries on both sides that tends to actually result in a lot of um scoring so that's why I'm leaning the over and under in that one. So, James, why don't you take us right into your four-pack?
0: Yeah, so we talked about the 49ers game. I like them catching the points against the, uh, the divisional opponent, Seattle. Again, I, I just think Seattle plays really close games. They're, they're playing with fire. Um, they're a little beat up on the offensive side of the ball. So I like the uh, the 49ers. Already. I think there's a chance they can win that game, but... Uh, i do also like them with the points Uh, my second pick actually is going to be the thursday night game i like the panthers as a short home favorite against the falcons two and a half points uh teddy bridgewater he just covers games it feels like every week it doesn't turn the ball over um you know i I think every week every week that goes by with the falcons they just kind of lose more and more interest i I feel like they they lost another tough game last week where they just they blew another late lead and i don't know how much of that you can take as a team so um i I think the panthers uh are gonna going to win that game and cover that spread uh my third pick i'm going with the chiefs minus 19 i know that's a very huge spread but we kind of touched on it earlier i don't see how the jets score more than like 10 or 13 points and I don't see how the Chiefs score less than, like, 30. So I think it's going to be a big blowout. Uh, so I, I do like them, minus 19. That that big number doesn't really scare me. And for my fourth pick, I'm going to go with the Colts as well, minus 3. Coming off a bye, I like them. Detroit's just kind of a average middle-of-the-road team at best. I know the Colts are pretty high in the... Um, net yards per play category. I I like looking at that stat when when picking teams, so um, I'm going to like the Colts covering that spread, too.
2: Uh, All right. AK? I'm going to start out with the Thursday night game, and I'm going with James on this one. I'm taking the Panthers minus two and a half. Um, Pretty much for all the reasons he said. My next game, I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. Minus six and a half versus the lowly Minnesota Vikings. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win games by more than a touchdown, especially if you're playing a bottom third team in the NFL. You could even maybe say a bottom six team in the NFL and the Vikings. I think the Packers match up and are better at every position across the field. My third game of the week, I'm going to go with the Chargers over the Broncos at minus three. I just – Looking at this, Denver really hasn't looked that impressive lately. And Herbert has looked outstanding at quarterback. And I like to bet on quarterbacks. And I think he's a three-point better quarterback than Drew Locke at this point. And then my last game of the week is going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at minus 10.5. I've been on the Bucs all year. They're getting better every week. I really don't see how the Giants can... Score on them, and if Daniel Jones does break away, you always have that invisible guy at the twenty hiding out there to stop him from scoring. So you got twelve defenders with the box this week.
1: Very nice. I think that um, I think that I actually really like that Panthers game too at minus two and a half. The Falcons they 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 really struggle against the Lions, and I think the Panthers. And we've talked about this actually quite often on this this pod is that. I think the Panthers are just better than everybody anticipated them to be. And they had another close game with the Saints this past week. Like, I don't think that they're quite there yet. But against teams like the Falcons, I think I think they're just flat better than them. So, I, I think... And they
0: may be getting McCaffrey back this week, too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, I, I don't know. I think Mike, that's a lot. Mike
0: Davis has played well, but McCaffrey is just McCaffrey, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
2: McCaffrey's McCaffrey is McCaffrey. But him coming in on a short week seems weird. I think they, he does play this week. It would be limited time. I, if I was the Panthers, I would wait another 10 days to play him just for I would a do. little of insurance. I mean, if he can play Thursday, he should have been able to play Sunday.
1: Well, especially since the way Mike Davis has been playing. You know, it's not like they were like dying for a running back. Mike Davis has been very serviceable in his absence. So, yeah, I could definitely see why they'd want to wait. Um, to put him in there tonight, especially since, too, they signed him to that long deal in the offseason. So you obviously don't want to risk his his health long-term, um, you know, with something stupid, with a, with a foolish injury. But I don't know. I definitely like that game, though. I think that's – and it also just will make the Thursday night more interesting to throw a few bucks down on it. Um, which brings us to the DFS portion of our show. So – The first thing that we're going to talk about, and I'll start, is (laughs) Patrick Mahomes this week is $8,100 and is the most expensive quarterback on the slate. Now, we just talked about the Jets, and James is on the Chiefs there, Um, but $8,100 for a quarterback is massive. AK, are you going to be able to get to him in any of your lineups?
2: If you're playing a bunch of lineups, I think he's worth sprinkling in at a low percentage. If you're someone that just plays, you know, three lineups, maybe four lineups, I can't see spending that kind of money on him because then you got to pair it with Kelsey, who's expensive, or even Tyreek, who's expensive. So you pair it with one of those guys and you are using up a lot of cap space early.
1: Yeah, that's a ton of your cap space. Um, do you have a quarterback lean or a stack lean that you like right now this week?
2: I like Baker Mayfield at 6,100 and I like Higgins, not T this week. I like Rashad at 4,200. You know, they are, they looked good last week together. Baker's been playing really well the last couple of weeks, scoring fantasy points. And I think that the Browns Raiders game is going to be a high scoring game. So I'm, all about Baker and Higgins stack this week.
1: Yeah, I like that call. in like you said, Richard Higgins is somebody that we'll talk about him in a minute too. But Mayfield, how about that? Everybody's kind of thinking he's dead, and then he goes out in the second half and is absolutely lights out—like twenty-two of his next twenty-three or something like that. Now, granted, it's against A.K.'s Bengals, who are pretty terrible at defense, but it was a it was a heck of a performance by him for sure. Um, a couple a couple of the the cheapy quarterbacks that I like. In that same game is actually Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr is only $5,500. You can pair him up with Ruggs or Waller. Um, Even Nelson Aguilar is getting a little bit of run. I mean, he's not good, but he's out there some. But I I think that he makes an interesting option. And then the other one is Jimmy G at $5,400. We talked about this 49ers and Seahawks matchup. And the Seahawks defense is getting torched all year. So I, I like that. I think that even if he's, you know checking it down and throwing underneath. He's got Kittle. He's got Brandon Ayuk, who makes a very interesting um, option to pair him with because he's only $5,800 and they have no Debo Samuel. So he's somebody that, you know, That's what, if you do those two, Jimmy G, Brandon Ayuk, and then you could even bring that back with the Seahawk receivers. DK Metcalf is coming off of a poor performance where he might not be as owned as he should be. Um, so you might be able to get him in, in that lineup as well with those guys being so cheap and it might be different than a lot of the people that are going to probably go, you know, like they normally do Russ Wilson, DK and Tyler Lockett. So you could actually probably jam all those guys in with as cheap as Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk actually are in that um, other quarterbacks. I think that you got to take a look at the Packers. I know AK, you said that they were in your four pack. Do you like them in DraftKings as well?
2: If Devontae Adams wasn't a billion dollars, and what is he, like 1,500 more than, or 1,000 more than any other receiver something crazy? Yeah,
1: he's 1,300. That's the thing he, that scares. Yeah, he's 1,300 more yeah. than any any receiver on the slate, which is just, he's in a price tier of himself. That's nuts. That is a huge, huge difference. But
2: Yeah, that's the thing that scares me, is if you combine him and um, Rodgers' prices, 7,600 and... 8,000? 8, yeah. Once again, you're chewing up a lot of cap space.
1: Yes, yes you are. Do you have any running backs that you're leaning towards?
2: I like Derrick Henry. I mean, he's 8,000, but the Bengals' rush defense is pretty poor, and the Titans love running the football, so I could see Derrick Henry going for, excuse me, 150 yards and two touchdowns probably this week.
1: Yeah, I think that's. I love Derrick Henry this week. He's uh he just gets so much volume. It's so hard to get away from him with the amount of volume he has. And then I think the other person that I really like is is in that Browns um, Raiders game again. So you could go with the, with the car stack on the Raiders side, and then bring it back with a Kareem Hunt who's sixty nine hundred dollars, who is clearly healthy now because he had like almost one hundred percent of the snap share and that running back. Um, position for the Browns where he got over 20 touches you know including rushes and catches so he's a good one I think CEH is a good one at 6,500 against the Jets you know they might just be able to pound the rock on them the Jets are decent at the run I think they're 14th in the league in DVOA against the run but I still think that if they're up they might be able to just grind it out which brings me to an interesting question for you AK do you think that Le'Veon Bell would be in play at $4,600 for you, or is he just not going to get enough touches?
2: If that, if you're stacking it with, like, a Adams and Rodgers type play, price, he's probably the best running back there at that value point. But if you're playing him in the flex position, I'd rather play someone like A.J. Green at 4500 who's going to get eight touches.
1: Yeah, that's probably more upside there. I just, and the other, I mean, if unless you want to play the, the Le'Veon Bell revenge game angle, you know, obviously going back to the Jets and, and trying to uh, show Gase that he's an absolute idiot for how he used him and stuff like that. But um, any other thoughts on DraftKings wise? If not, we'll move right along to our, our season long portion of this. No,
2: I got nothing else.
1: Yeah, it's early in the week. That's kind of just our first leans right there. So um, we'll move right into season long. And, James, let me ask you this question. You're obviously a Chase Edmonds owner, and Drake is out. Is this something that you think that Edmonds is going to get his chance and he's just going to hold this job for the rest of the year?
0: I think that certainly could happen. Um, I I was a guy that drafted Edmonds, you know, probably – middle rounds I I just you know came into the season thinking that he was the the better all all around back overall um it'll be interesting to see how long Drake is out for some reason Arizona feels like they need to keep playing him um did he sign a a, a contract I, I can't remember maybe that's uh maybe monetarily they they feel kind of forced to do that but um you know, I think he's going to get an opportunity to really prove himself as kind of like the top guy. But um, so we'll see. I think it'll be interesting. He's definitely a guy that's going to catch passes, and I think he's fully capable of being a three-down back too. So, uh, as a, a as an Edmonds owner in fantasy leagues, I, I I hope that he's the guy.
1: He definitely, I think, could end up being the guy. Um... And it makes for an interesting situation because even if you watch that game versus the Seahawks, he he was he just looked like the better player. You know, he just I don't know. So I I just I worry. I'm a Drake Drake fan.
0: Did they sign him? Who
1: Edmonds or Drake?
0: Like extensions or anything like that? uh, Drake.
1: I I thought that they did. I
0: I, do not believe so.
1: You don't think so? Okay, I couldn't remember. I feel like that was maybe they were talking about it and whether they should or not. I don't
2: know. I'm but, looking at his contract right now.
0: Yeah, trying I'm trying to, to figure that out. out. If they're like, they just feel like they're obligated to like.
2: He's in. A, he's in his last year of his contract. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, eight million dollars. He's an unrestricted free agent next year, so he signed a one-year, eight million-dollar deal with them. Gotcha.
1: That makes sense. They must have. They must have just been talking about signing him because he it is his last year that's that makes sense um other season long stuff obviously we kind of just touched on it in, in that cleveland brown game Richard higgins stepped in and they call him hollywood it's hollywood higgins but he looked great and clearly baker mayfield has a little bit of a rapport with him found you know him early and often it seemed like in that game um aka if you're looking you know if you're desperate for a wide receiver in your season long would you be willing to spend you know we're getting towards the middle of the year here would you would you be willing to send a big chunk of your maybe your season long fab on him
2: i would just because at this point there's gonna be no there's really no one else on the free agent wire really that's popping up but and you're getting close to the end of the season the other other person I'd spend money on is Marquise Callaway. I picked him up out of a bunch of leagues last week. But other than that, Rashad Higgins is the guy that has to be the highest free agent this week. And you don't carry your free agent money over to next year, so spend it now.
1: That's right, James. Do you like do you like Higgins or do you like Ayuk in Forty with the 49ers more because Debo's out? Um, you know, obviously, Ayuk has been pretty impressive, I would say, this year. And they use him in a lot of different ways. He seems to be a big threat guy. So, would you prefer Higgins or would you prefer Ayuk in that?
0: Um, can I say neither?
1: You can say neither. <laughs>
0: um, I Higgins has been with the Browns since, what, like, he's been there, like, th- four or five years, I think, since 2016. And... I don't know like I, I feel like every year he gets a chance and he just doesn't he has a game or two uh, you know here and there but I just I don't know consistency worries me I guess with him is, is what I'm trying to say so I'm not super high on him um, I think the Niners want to run the ball um, so I, I think I is, is probably between those two guys I'd, I'd probably uh, look towards him um, I like Aguilar, uh, uh, with, with the Raiders. He's, he's put up like three good games in a row. Um, I think at one point I heard the stat like last week, like when thrown to, he had like a perfect, uh, passer rating or there was a perfect passer rating when throwing the ball to him. Um, so I, I know he wasn't very good in Philadelphia. So people kind of have that like negative, like a perception of him but he's he's had a decent season with the Raiders uh so he's a guy I'd look at Scotty Miller in Tampa is another play I know he he had a goose a couple weeks ago so it's tough to really throw him in but with Godwin out um you know he may be he may be worth a play I think there's there's a few interesting options at the wide receiver position so um you know I take a look at all those guys for sure
1: yeah, and speaking about the 49ers, they also have a little bit of an issue in their backfield because Jeff Wilson just is going to be getting placed on IR as well after they just had to put uh, Raheem Ostard on there. So that leaves basically Jamichael Hasty and Tevin Coleman, who we talked about last week, coincidentally enough, of saying, you know, maybe just pick him up and stash him for in case down the road. I mean, it seems like now that if you need a running back, you should be putting in for especially Hasty because he's probably going to be the guy that gets the workload, and we still really haven't heard about Coleman. Um, do you have a preference either way? I mean,
2: still got Jerick McKinnon.
1: Well, sure, yeah. I mean, McKinnon's obviously still there, absolutely, but with the way that the 49ers use running backs, I mean, they they use multiple guys every single game. So these guys I think are going to get touches. I mean, Jeff they basically made Jeff Wilson look like Adrian Peterson in his prime last week because they're just they're so efficient running the ball. So it's I think it's worth rostering one of these guys. Do you have a preference on any of them, AK? Or is it just the 49ers backfield I, so stay away?
2: I own McKinnon in Dynasty Leagues and I also own Hasty in Dynasty Leagues just because of the situation with how good they are at running the ball. Whoever the number one back is going into that week is pretty much guaranteed 14 fantasy points just because of the amount of carries they get and how efficient they are running the football. So whoever the running back is going into the week, I would roster.
0: I would not spend a ton of money on Hasty and, like, on on fab just because you don't know like you don't know right we don't know it's tuesday it's early we don't we don't have a lot of information on who's who's the guy they they held uh mckinnon back intentionally last week um just to to, to really rest up uh, so he may be you know the guy uh they may all of a sudden activate coleman off of ir so um you know to, to everyone's point like yeah the, the, whoever whoever uh is playing that game like or whoever gets activated and we know is healthy like they're going to be great but there's potentially three guys there so it's it's confusing and i I think um the seattle backfields on that note it's kind of a mess too we talked about it earlier but you've got injuries to carson um carlos Hyde. i think is going to be a potential like popular pick on the waiver wires but he's got a hamstring issue which you know we saw that keep aaron jones out of the lineup last week so You don't really know what's going to happen there. Travis Homer had a knee contusion. Uh, We talked about DJ Dallas being in the game and missing a key block. So we don't know if they have a lot of confidence in him, too. So I I think those, interestingly enough, those two teams play each other. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what, what those two backfields look like.
1: Yeah, they both don't look good. That is for sure, and maybe that's why it's just something
0: like I want to. St- I want to stay away from both.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly, and maybe that's why, like we were just talking about in, in for DraftKings, why maybe that just makes you lean even heavier, heavier to, towards that pass game that we were talking about with Jimmy Garoppolo as a cheap options, and then you run back with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf because you know where Seattle's throwing it, man. Those two, those two guys just get all the volume, so. Um, and then the last thing we'll kind of talk with season-wise, I think that my probably my favorite pickup is actually Jalen uh, Rager. If he's available for you in leagues with the, for the Eagles, um, this Eagles team has been decimated with injuries all year long, and they just had another one, Deshaun Jackson. who actually looked pretty decent when he was in the game. They targeted him early and often, but they drafted Rager, Rager early, um, this year and he they really wanted him to be one of their deep threats and now they're finally getting him back and i know travis fulgum has looked good but this guy provides a deep threat for philadelphia that they really haven't had yet this year um james do you think that is something that he he might be the guy that you lean towards as far as a receiving option
0: um in that offense i still don't know i think Fulgham's kind of been there their go-to, and I, I, think I'd feel confident playing him going forward with with uh, Rager. I, I, don't know. It's going to take some time. I think for me to feel like fully confident throwing a player like him in my lineup.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think that I would, I would take a chance is, on him just because of his big play potential.
0: Is uh, has there been any news on Alshon um, Jeffrey as well? I, have, I would. I'd probably look on that.
1: I haven't heard. He could be – he would be honestly somebody that I would not be surprised that they say he's healthy, and then they just, like, trade him or release him. Like, he is not – I feel like he hasn't played for the Eagles in, like, five years. I know that's not the case, but it does not seem like he's been out there playing for them in forever.
0: No, and you've got guys like Greg Ward, too, who seems to be, like, every other week he has a decent game. Um, you know, Dallas Goddard's obviously obviously um, – you know, a, a good candidate, I, I, he's probably, what, another week or two out from, from coming back, so he's he's probably not going to get in the way this week.
1: Right, right, yeah.
0: I think week week 10 is what I saw for him.
1: Yep. All right. I think that's all I have. Unless anybody has anybody else you think season long might be worth a pick up on waivers or any trades or anything you might want to talk about, we can move on to the next portion of the show. Good.
0: Let's talk Survivor.
1: Let's talk it. AK, why don't you start us off?
2: All right. Well, I'm going to go with the Packers this week. I think I kind of talked about it earlier, but if you can get a top five team in the league playing against a bottom five team in the league, then do that every time.
1: I think that sounds a pretty like a pretty good oh, point. Go
2: ahead. I was gonna say I took the Browns last week and they did uh, end up winning for me as well.
1: Oh, nice! All right. You were sweating
2: that one.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, he was. Yes, he was. Right down to the end. Um, James, how about you, buddy?
0: So my two picks last week were the Bills. Uh, I was sweating that one uh, a lot more than I I probably should have had to, Uh, but win's a win. That's what counts. Uh, And then the Chiefs, I had the Chiefs over the Broncos as well. That was one that I did not have to sweat very much, so that was nice. Uh, This week I'm going to go with Tampa over the New York Giants. I think that should be an easy win for them, and I'm with AK on my second pick. I'm going to also be taking the Packers over the Vikings
1: very nice and I also took the bills in the in the jet, bills over the jets last week and I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans over the Cincinnati Bengals this week. I do think that might be a closer game than people expect just because of Joe Burrow and he's just tending to keep games close, but I think in the end of the day, uh Derrick Henry just rushes for like 200 on them. So they get the W. Does anybody have any parlays, teasers or alternate lines they want to talk about yet or are we still waiting on those till later in the week
0: got a teaser i'm looking at um with the raiders so raiders are currently plus two and a half um so obviously short of that key number three so i i would look to tease them up to eight and a half crossing those key numbers uh three four six and seven uh, and then uh, teasing the Titans down to a pick 'em. Um, like Justin just said, I, I don't know that I, I fully trust them to cover that six. Burrow has, has proven capable to uh, keep games close. We talked about it earlier, they're five one on one against the spread. So uh, being able to tease the Titans down to a pick 'em uh, is pretty appealing to me. And right now on DraftKings, you can get that teaser at minus 117, which is a pretty good value for a six point teaser.
1: Yeah, that's actually super interesting. I like that a lot. Um, I might, I might do that with the uh, with the Panthers on Thursday night. A little parlay. That would be. I like that one actually. Um, all right, let's close the show like we always do, and that is with our beers of the week. James, hit me.
0: I am on the 60 Minute IPA by Dogfish Head. It's a very Tasty beer, 6% AVB, hits the spot.
1: I'm not an IPA guy, so I'm just going to take your word on that one, bud. Um, AK, what about you?
2: I'm drinking Tart and Juicy Sour IPA, um, a little brewery called Epic Brewing Company out of Utah, Colorado. It's only 5.1%, but it is, if you like sour and if you like hoppy, it's a good combination of both.
1: Very interesting. Sounds good. All right. My is the Von Trapp Dunkel. Uh, it's out of Vermont. I went to a little establishment that's nearby here with my uh, wife and parents and her parents this weekend, and they had it on tap, and it was the first time I had it, and it was uh, it was outstanding. So that is my beer of the week, the Von Trapp Dunkel out of Vermont. Um why don't we uh, get out of here, guys? Why don't you uh, tell everybody where they can find you, AK? Uh,
2: Twitter, Kenny Love, And on Action is where you can follow all my bets going into the week, um, B-O-B underscore AK.
0: Very nice. James? Uh, I'm at Fitchy24 on Twitter and the Action Network.
1: Very good. And you can find me, as always, at jdiz1617 on twitter you can also find us at balling over on twitter um, we're always tweeting stuff out guys so make sure that you're following that share it around uh, i had some pretty interesting calls i, I talked about harrison bryant on the ballin' over one about being him being a good play and he obviously ended up smashing um in that contest i also tweet out all my golf picks which has been pretty decent. I hit the first-round leader pick, um, which was awesome. But you can also find us on Border Fuel Sports. Make sure you're checking out that site. I'll have articles that come out about PGA DFS. And on Thursday, my NFL DFS comes out, where I'll have a little bit uh, more in-depth um, research into it and my and my favorite plays of the week. So make sure you're checking that all out. But for AK and James and myself, this was balling Over Beers. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you next time.